Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast. I'm Jack Murley, and each and every week, myself and co-host, professional rugby player Charlie Beckett, break down everything that's happening in the world of professional wrestling inside the squared circle and outside of it in the show that's made by fans for fans. Coming up today, what's next for Johnny Gargano after War Games, and what the heart and soul of the old NXT meant to the old yellow and black brand. Sami Zayn had a chance to hang with the big boys as WWE confirms Brock and Roman will go at it again at the day one pay-per-view. We'll talk about that, if we're any clearer with what happens when it comes to WrestleMania next year, and the saga of Cody, Andrade and the AEW Flaming Table. Plus the ashes, mince pies, phone updates you don't want, new bins, some top wrestling moments from you and so much more, all coming up right now on Earning the Push. If he was choosing to leave and not renew his contract to head off to AEW, Ring of Honor or New Channel or anywhere, if it's his choice to leave, you wouldn't think that WWE would afford him the opportunity to say his goodbyes and promote where he's going. When people hear this, we will know. So let's do a little bit of talking about what we can say as we sit here and record about the build towards that War Games, which did out of nowhere seem to be about Johnny leaving. And they hit every note I thought they would hit in the build to it, including that glorious bomb with Tommaso Ciampa one last time. I mean, they really went for what the heartstrings of us pure NXT fans. Mate, that hit me right in the feels when I saw that. The montage of photos that Tommaso Ciampa posted on uh, on his social channels. It was all very emotional. You forget that those two, as much as they've had the storied friendship and rivalry on screen, they are the best of mates off it, it seems. So if he is leaving, they, they've done this whole journey together. It started with 2016 Cruiserweight Classic, didn't it? I remember they had their first round match against each other and they made a story out of nothing. They were this tag team and they were going to be fighting each other. And then was Ciampa going to turn on them? And then Fast forward almost six years now, five and a half years, and I don't think anyone could have really imagined the storytelling and the programming that has been based around the Gargano Champa feud. So, as much as they are brilliant on screen friends and rivals, that their off screen friendship seems to be incredibly genuine as well. And if Johnny is leaving, it must be very strange for Champa to not have him because they have been the cornerstone of NXT for the last five years, and you can't really imagine one without the other in WWE. No, it is like um, jam without cream on a scone. It just doesn't almost work. And one thing I was thinking, and as we say, we're recording this on Tuesday morning. It may be that on Tuesday night on NXT, Johnny Gargano comes out. It's all a swerve. He attacks Tommaso Ciampa and we're off to the races with a title feud. But if this is it, I can't help but think what a wasted opportunity it is because they've done all the hard work. That feud is there. You can keep going back to it and... WWE is going down the NXT 2.0 route. And I just think, oh, to know that those people are there with that backstory and you could ride that horse forever and to choose not to, oh, it frustrates me. I think especially their final match, the last chapter of it was behind closed doors, wasn't it? It was in an empty arena. That just doesn't seem to sit right. It wasn't even Thunderdome era. There was no one in there. And it just was like, oh, this isn't how it should end. So... I, I would love if it was a swerve. If it was a Mark Henry retiring-esque swerve, if Johnny Gargano comes out in a salmon blazer, I will I will pop big for that. So, yeah, I really, really don't know what this is going to be, mate. I really don't know. But I can't remember the last time I was this intrigued about something with WWE. Like, genuinely, this intrigued. And I will be... Uh, first thing I'll be doing Wednesday morning is 
going on their YouTube, whatever, and finding, I won't look at any spoilers, I'll find his promo, I'll see what happens, and it'll be really exciting. This could well be another where we get our hopes up situation, though, where we see a post-match off-air promo and we think this is going to be great. Actually, it might be that he's just back there saying goodbye off camera. But in addition to rumours and speculation about Johnny Gargano, also the scuttlebutt is that Kyle O'Reilly's contract could be up very soon. It's bizarre that we're talking in December about a situation where Adam Cole Bobby Fish are both gone from NXT and potentially Johnny Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly could both be on their way out of the door. If we had said that in January of this year, you would have laughed in my face. You would not have believed it. Whether he wants to go or not, it seems very strange that coming out of the O'Reilly Cole feud, which obviously O'Reilly won, they don't seem to have capitalised on here's your brand new star in NXT because he is brilliant Kyle O'Reilly he has been underrated because he's been Adam Cole's shadow genuinely for a long time because he's been one of the tag team guys undisputed era but he is brilliant in both in the room but also he's, he's so charismatic he cuts great promos he's got everything you need to be a breakout star he wins his huge feud with Adam Cole but then because Cole leaves that's not the story anymore everyone forgets that he wins that feud so it's very interesting I think if he does leave and he heads over to AEW, which you imagine he would. It would make sense as a landing ground for him and how brilliant would he be for them. Your, your story's there for AEW because you're, you're going surely towards a Cole, Cole and Omega feud or leader of the, of the clique. And all you need is Bucks decide they go with Omega or for whatever reason, Cole has his, has his lackeys. He has his backup there in one of the best tag teams in the world. And just... Does that tag team division, what it, what it doesn't need but will get is even more bolstering through Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly because as much as Undisputed Era held the tag team titles and you've got the mixture of like when the New Day hold it of anyone can defend it, they're the tag team, aren't they? O'Reilly and Fish are a brilliant tag team. So, yeah, I it would be such a get for AEW and it would be almost the one that makes sense the most for them because of the storyline that's there waiting to happen. But a huge loss for WWE because he is, he is a main eventer I think I think he is brilliant. Yeah, he's got that that mixed hybrid style of mixed martial arts as well. <laughs> I think if you'd have said to a wrestling fan that we could even plausibly be talking. I mean, this show is a lot about fantasy booking, but we could even plausibly be talking about the idea of getting an undisputed era versus elite feud, that that could be happening realistically at the start of 2022. No one would have believed you. They just, because these two brands were feuding and you had Cole and Fish in segments up against the Young Bucks. And now, at least two-thirds of that combination is in AEW, and if you can get Kyle O'Reilly there, all the pieces are together. It's bonkers. Can you remember a year where the landscape has changed this much? No, it, it is. I suppose the argument you could make is that in 2001, we had a start of the year with WCW, ECW, and WWF, all as separate entities, and we ended with both WCW and ECW bought out in the ground and done. I mean, that probably is is where we're looking. Um, let's not gloss over the fact that at the start of this year, we had a pandemic that we were still dealing with, and obviously we're still dealing with it now, but there were no fans in the arena. And we've also had Ring of Honor shutting down after its final battle pay-per-view, and that's going to reset, although the company will still exist. It's letting talent go. I mean, the amount of talent floating around, it is the most bananas time I can remember. 
Yeah, certainly, as you said, in the last 20 years, we've never, ever seen, and in my memory of being a wrestling fan, this is the most berserk year, and you look at the January before, to what will be in January next, it's, it's, if you, if you, if you dropped out of you and I'm going to do 2021 with no wrestling, I'll see what's happening when I pick back up in 2022, you'd be like, have I accidentally gone for 10 years? What is going on? Yeah, and, and the crazy thing is, it could get even more bizarre in 2022. So NXT, can I say one more thing about NXT? You can. I'm so frustrated. I'm so frustrated by it because it's like, this might be a, a okay. It's like the office when Michael Scott left. You see some of your people there, but it's not quite the same. Or it's like, I'm trying to put it in language you'd understand. It's yeah, like- it's such a good, such, I, I'm sat here with my Dunder Mifflin mug. I know. It's such I, a good analogy. Because it is those two last series of The Office. If you haven't watched it, you won't quite get it. But they're still good, and there's still some bits that you're like, "Oh, that's hilarious! That's brilliant!" But the best bit of the whole two series when Michael Scott comes back. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not the same without him. And NXT, you sit there, you watch it, and you go, "This is good. This this was better. This was better when it was the black and gold, and it wasn't trying to be the main roster when it was different. Because if I want the main roster, I watch the main roster. I watch this because." It's got all the WWE production value and it's got people I know because we built them up, but they wrestle a different style and it's different stories. And now it's just a third brand, isn't it? And I still don't like the colours. We're like broken records. Every week you don't like the colours. I don't like what they've done to it. Let's talk about something I did like. And actually, this is an example of where a different dynamic works. And this is going back to SmackDown on Fox from Friday night. Brock Lesnar and Sami Zayn. I don't think I've enjoyed a segment running through a WWE show this much for a long time. I thought pretty much everything about it was just terrific. So we are suckers, aren't we, for stories that run more than one segment in a, uh, in a show anyway, a bit of a, say, a story throughout the, um, throughout the show, because that's what we talk a lot about. We wish AW did more of longer-term storytelling through their shows. But firstly, if anyone, I don't know how many fans we have of Jack and I's show who listen to our old show way back. I used to rag on Brock Lesnar. I was not a Brock Lesnar fan. This version of Brock Lesnar, I have got all the time for in the world. First of all, he looks like he is having the time of his life out there. And I think he seems to be a bit like Randy Orton, the fact that when he's having fun and is enjoying himself, you get a much better version of him than you do when he's not. But actually, that's probably true about everyone. I think everyone does their best work when they're having fun. But honestly, when he, when Sami Zayn interrupts him at the start of that show, I'm just, I literally was there going, oh, Sammy, what, what are you doing? And then because we haven't seen him talk for 15 years, because Paul Heyman's always been with him, I didn't realise what a good talker Brock Lesnar was. He, the man can talk. The man speaks well, doesn't he? He, he talks well. And I think he is a classic case of less is more. And I think that the humour was good. This wasn't campy WWE humour. This was sort of two protagonist antagonist, Brock outsmarting Sammy, Sammy trying to, the bit where he shakes his hand and is sort of trying to get him to agree to the match. I thought just terrific. And I thought it elevated Sammy. Sammy absolutely could hang in that position. I thought it was a huge night for him. I saw someone, I can't remember who it was, on the Twitter saying, Sami Zayn's um, universal title shot lasted 11 seconds. Just let that sink in. I might, well, no, there's more to this story than that. This isn't like when Kofi got squashed because 
Sammy's been a huge part of the main event scene for a night here, the story. And I I love Sammy Zayn. I think he's brilliant. And he could have a brilliant match with Roman Reigns. They could go for 20 minutes and it'd be excellent. That's what we were talking about last week. Of They could be brilliant. But actually, this versus Sami Zayn, that's probably the best story for him because what can he now go on about? He was screwed out of his universal shot. This adds fuel to fire of his story. This version of the whole world's against me, there is a conspiracy against me, Sami Zayn, there's fuel to fire now. And I just think, I think he's quite underrated on the main roster at the moment. I think it was nice to see him hanging with the top talent. There's there's the old phrase that Bully Ray uses on Busted Open, going over versus getting over. Could you have got Sami Zayn over any more by putting him in a 15-minute match with Roman Reigns where he hasn't been booked to have that level of credibility? Or does he get over more by having multiple talking segments, by showing he can hang in the ring with Brock Lesnar on the mic? He's been attacked beforehand. He's got this conspiracy. And talk about things that we never saw coming. I know this, this has been this way for a little while, but Sami Zayn as a heel... Who would ever have thought in the heyday of his NXT um, run that he would ever be this good a heel? I put Sammy and Bailey in the same category here. Mm. Oh, they were both the, the babyface, the perfect babyface in NXT and then onto the main roster. And probably Bailey, she needed something because she'd gone flat. But actually, I didn't think they needed to turn Sammy. And when they did, he's just been brilliant ever since. Ever since. And I still can't believe them. That while he's been healed, we haven't seen a proper tag team run of him and Kevin Owens together. I think there's money on the table there because those two, do, like like Champ and Gargano, Owens and Zayn do their best work together. They are their fight forever. They are the best of enemies, best of friends, best of enemies. So I can't believe we haven't seen that while they're both healed. He's just outstanding as a heel. He's absolutely brilliant. But the, the person I want to give some credit to as well on this is Roman's backstage segment where he just says... If Brock Lesnar comes anywhere near me, I'll smash him. And he's got no doubt in his mind. And this, I've waxed lyrical a lot, but this Roman Reigns is just everything I've ever wanted to see in Roman Reigns. You can just invest in him. And yes, he's a bit of a bad person. I was going to say a bad word there. I couldn't, I couldn't think, this is how bad my brain is. I couldn't think of a derogatory term for someone that wasn't a swear word there. How <laughs> bad is that? He's a bit of a bad person. I'm going to go with it. He's a bit of a bad person. But you kind of want him to do well because... Secretly, I think we kind of all want to be him, don't we, a little bit? Yeah, and, and this is the interesting argument. Why should I hate Roman Reigns? And I think sometimes, if and who am I to critique this? Because it is the best thing going in wrestling today, in my opinion. But why should I hate the guy? He's jacked. He looks like a Greek god. He's charismatic. He's a champion. He's on top. He destroys everyone who comes his way. If there was a critique of Roman it's pretty hard to hate a guy who does all those things because don't we all want to be Roman? We absolutely do. But then he he fixes that by his out-and-out arrogance. And then when he cheats, because you're like, you've got it all. You don't need to cheat. You don't need the Usos to do that. So it's almost infuriates you. It's just very clear. But yeah, he's the classic, we all dislike him, but actually in a heartbeat, we'd all be him, wouldn't we? So it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant character. And it's interesting they're doing the match at day one with uh, Brock because I thought they might have I thought after we had the finish of Saturday I thought they might have been saving this for Mania I thought we might have got round to it Mania I thought he might have come back at the Rumble after Roman beat Sammy at the Rumble maybe or something and destroys him and get a Mania so do you think Brock beats him at day one? 
No, here's what I think, and I was going to come on to this. I think Roman wins again, Brock wins the Rumble, and we get the match at either day one or day two of the WrestleMania event. I I think now that them going, they, they haven't got a bigger match. They haven't got a bigger match than this. And the fact they're going with this at day one says to me that they're going to do, it wouldn't even be a trilogy because Lord knows they've met so many times, but that Roman is going to screw Brock again. And maybe this is where Heyman comes in and screws him. I don't know. But we're on our way to the Rumble where I think Brock will win because I can't see any way they don't ride this all the way to WrestleMania now. What do you think? I, I don't disagree at all unless they've got something huge up their sleeve. Because they aren't building a new star face. We haven't got Drew McIntyre on the rise this year. Do you know what I mean? We there's no one on that SmackDown roster on the rise. So it's gonna to have to be an established star. And genuinely, unless they've got the rock up their sleeve, I don't see who's bigger. I don't see a bigger match. Unless the only other one is Walter wins the rumble. Ooh. Nah, yeah, okay. You've taken me you by bring, surprise by you bring, that. You bring Walter in at the Rumble. You debut at the Rumble, which we spoke about off air the other day. Yeah. You debut, he debuts at the Rumble. He win, He dominates the Rumble. And then he just comes straight for Roman. And you have three months of building the backstory of people who don't know who Walter is. And you just treat him like the biggest deal. The biggest. Hmm. But then, okay. But what do you do with Brock then? I don't know. You find something for him to do. I'm not sure. This, I, I, I almost think they box themselves in because I think that would be a great scenario. But you, you have built in the WWE pyramid, you've got Roman and Brock on the men's side. Because I think on the women's mm-hmm. side, you've got Charlotte and Becky who are protected to a similar way. But on the men's side, you've got Brock and Roman and no one else comes close. And if you take them apart from each other, mm-hmm. the work you've got to do to build two people up, Imagine if Walter, the last two of the uh, rumble was Walter and Brock, and Walter one on one throws Brock over the top. I mean, he's the he's the only other man, the only other man I could see in WWE's sphere of influence that you could build well enough to be a credible threat that he both could and potentially should beat Roman at WrestleMania. But then there's a the question of does Roman lose at WrestleMania, or do you ride this for two years? Do you keep going with this? Because well, if, if he faces the Rock, he doesn't lose. The Rock ain't coming back and being Universal Champion. Well, and here's my question. Say, and, and this is the fantasy booking part of this podcast that makes it so great. Say they have got The Rock. Say this is all a big work. Are you more excited by the idea of The Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania? Or would you be more excited by the idea of the final blow-off match between Roman and Brock at WrestleMania? The Rock. Oh, you would? Yeah, death of the rock, just because it's the rock wrestling again. And I just think that with the family connections, there's just so much story to tell. It's not like the rock's coming back for a match and that's it. There's so much story to tell there of falling back on their family ties and who the real tribal chief is. And I just I think it could just be done. It could be a story like they've never done before. They've never had anything like that. And I'd want to see it. And see, also the rock would be back. I, I wouldn't. I'd want to, give, given the choice, if I've got plate A and plate B, what do I want to eat? I want a big old steaming plate of, I don't like that analogy, but nope. I'm going with it. I'm nope, going with don't it. don't like that. Um, it's happened now. We'll go with it. Um, I would want Brock and Roman because we haven't examined recently the Heyman situation, yeah. which we were raving about going, 
yeah. uh, into into uh, off the back of SummerSlam going forward, and Heyman's gone on the back burner. And it, whenever they want, they can break the glass on that situation. And I want that to continue. Now in WWE, they'll probably panic and give us a triple threat with no story. That is the only thing that could ruin it. I mean, you've got two great options and one terrible option. Uh, we shall see as we head towards day one. Ugh, I'm not a fan of a New Year's Day pay-per-view as well. i got to be honest. I'm playing on New Year's Day. Yeah, I've got, I've got a match on New Year's Day. I'm not a fan of a match on New Year's Day. I'll be struggling to make it to midnight. I'll literally be in bed, watching the clock go, ah, midnight, 2022, bang, off to sleep. <laughs> I, I, I got to work both days. But look, this isn't about our work schedules. This is about wrestling. And one of the big controversies of wrestling this week uh, has been Cody Rhodes, Andrade, and AEW busting out the flaming table on Dynamite. Was it worth it? Why isn't Cody heel yet? And are they playing the long game? It's been a while since we've seen a flaming table, let alone on a weekly television show. I genuinely don't know what to expect from AEW anymore because you're breaking out a flaming table just on a Wednesday just because. Oh, that's that's not a wrestling works, is it, lads? You build to something like that. Um, good match and fair play. Cody made that pin while he was on fire. His yeah. right arm is on fire. And He's he on fire. He doesn't rush. He doesn't rush into the pin. And then Andrade is like kicking his legs about. I'm like, Andrade, I'm on fire here, mate. Lie still so you can get an extinguisher on me. But Andrade's on fire as well, because Cody goes over... I mean, this is how mad wrestling is. This is a legitimate sentence. Cody, while on fire, goes for the cover, and fire from Cody falls onto Andrade's chest, so Andrade is sort of patting himself out as Cody's being patted out by the referee, who then counts a three-count. Banana situation. Referee does a three-count on the back of Cody's arm. <laughs> to, uh, to put out the fire, it's just bonkers. Also, just hilarious things in wrestling that don't get spoken about. Like, if you watch it, Andrade doesn't go through the table. The way the table is, Cody goes through the table. Andrade doesn't touch the flaming table. It's just things like that in wrestling that you have to accept sometimes don't make sense. Um, yeah, that was something interesting to wake up to Thursday morning. Just bonkers, bonkers. I, it was bonkers. I have to say, and I, I am, as people know, a big AEW fan. I did not think that was a particularly strong episode of Dynamite on Wednesday. Um, I, I enjoyed it. A not strong episode of Dynamite is still good. There'll be something in there for you. I enjoyed still the CM Punk NJF program. I really, really like heel Brian Danielson. But I, I have to say that main event, and with all the respect in the world for them doing it, the athleticism, the risks they took, we don't, I, I just didn't see that taking that turn or why it was necessary for that stage in the feud. I could have seen it for the Malachi Black feud, but Andrade and Cody, it, it's almost like if I took your parking space and he's saying, instead of going, oh, mate, sorry, I, I have that space, me go, right, pistols at dawn, we'll fight to the death. Mm. I mean, such an overreaction. It, it did seem a bit forced, and you've just a name just brought. That I want to is what's happening to my boy Malachi Black? Yeah, he's he's getting a little lost in the shuffle, isn't he? And he's he's too good to get. Like, tell me, and I'd be interested in what our listeners think of this. Like, am I just a huge fanboy of his, and I can't see past it because I love Malachi Black. Everyone knows him, but he's too good to be getting lost in the shuffle there, surely, isn't he? He, they, you'd think they'd be doing more with him. And I think what this comes into. And I think Cody is either playing the long game and he is going to turn heel and all this is building towards it. 
and he's saying, I set myself on fire for you and you still booed me. I did this for you and you still booed me. We're either This is either playing into a real fuel for the fire, literally for Cody heel turn, or he just isn't going to turn. And if he's not going to turn, they missed a trick by not doing a double switch, in my opinion, where Malachi Black could have gone babyface, Cody could have gone heel, and we could be running with a new dynamic that would be legitimately entertaining, interesting, different. And I think not making that decision is why Malachi Black's got lost in the shuffle, because mm. what, what do you do with him? If Cody's going to stay babyface, you can't have him feud with Malachi again. So, you know, where'd you go? Can you imagine that moment where you set yourself on fire and people still boo you? How <laughs> well, oh, could you imagine? You should be there like, what What do you want me to do to get cheered? But that, that, that's the problem, isn't it? Like, people are not going to cheer Cody now. That is not going to happen. So lean into it. Lean into the story. Because he's he's a brilliant heel. We've seen him do it. When he, And it's, it's the heel that he's good at. He's the self-entitled wrestling royalty he's essentially wrestling owner almost. i know tony khan's owner but he set this up lean into that story and you really want to make him heal have him fight for the world title which he said he never would again yeah. like there's the story's there i don't know why you'd fight it uh but we do know who will be fighting uh an AEW not hanging around with brian danielson against uh, adam page that world championship match going down in just a few days from when this will publish winter is coming AEW not not wasting any time getting to that match another big main event on free tv i'm i'm really excited about that and brian danielson just continuing to wreck people in whatever way he chooses fantastic yeah, heel Danielson is a gift. He is a gift that we didn't know we needed. Uh, I can't see Adam Page losing his first defence. So how do you then this question of how do you keep Brian Danielson hot while he loses? Or, or or is this a situation where maybe because of how they've built Hangman, you could I could see a situation. I, I could see a situation where they do a where they do a turn. And, and they flip the belt and where Danielson cheats to win. And then you've got Paige doing the chase again. And Danielson becomes more of an uber heel. But the, the trouble is AW, and it's not the trouble, but AW has been so strong on refereeing decisions that if Danielson were to cheat, you'd almost expect Tony Khan or someone to say, no, we're reversing that decision because they don't do ref bumps, mm. things like that. But I wouldn't be mad if Danielson took the belt off Hangman and we had him in chase mode again, but I completely see your point. Now you've said it and painted like that, actually, imagine the heat. The the, the AW fans have wanted Adam Page's chat for so long. The heat Brian Danielson would get if he cheated him out of his first defence. Yeah, do I actually want to see that now? I want to see Page on the hunt for again for six months. It's really interesting. It, It would almost feel unfair to Adam Page the man, to have his title that quick. But actually, is that the story? Is that the best story they've got? It'd be an interesting one. If you love professional wrestling, you are in the right place with this show. So help us continue to grow each and every week by rating, reviewing, and subscribing if you haven't done it already. You can do it wherever you listen. And in addition to that, spread the word by telling a mate who loves what we do here about us on social media. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it all helps spread the word about this podcast and how brilliant professional wrestling is. And now, back to the show. 
let's go on to some not fantasy booking then this is part two of our wrestling moments we can watch again and again and again these aren't matches per se although we've been a bit lenient and let some cash in sort of stand these are the moments that if you're feeling a bit blue if you're feeling like you need a wrestling fix you go back and watch again and again we had some cracking ones last week we did we did and as i said last week wrestling is the worst part of wrestling these are the moments you remember so it, it it's amazing isn't it, that wrestlers i'm i'm a, i'm an athlete i'm not asked to do anything else apart from play rugby wrestlers are athletes they're asked to do so much more and we judge them on so much more than their wrestling it is not an easy job you would absolutely do more if you were asked to if if yes, why is no one asking me if why? they said charlie in addition to being uh elite professional athlete we need you to go out before this game and cut a heel promo on the crowd from the opposition who've traveled you would a hundred percent do it and you'd have the time of your life i would i would i get booed enough or did i get booed i got booed i got booed last season for getting my head stamped on i got stamped on my head the lad got a red card and i got a yellow card because amazing i got yellow card if it's getting stamped head. i held his i held his foot he stamped on my head and the ref said you've got to go for 10th being an antagonist i was like that seems unfair but okay and as I walked off, 3,000 of Bedford Blues just gave me it. They absolutely gave me it. I actually quite enjoyed cut a promo on some fans. I think you are the Cody Rhodes of championship <laughs> rugby then. If you're getting your head stamped on and you're still booed, you can cut a hell of a heel promo. No, it's, not, it's not my fans booing me, thankfully. If Amptel <laughs> fans started booing me, then I'd be worried. <laughs> well, look, we've got some cracking moments. Uh, thank you for getting in touch with these. Uh, Jack underscore Merley, Charlie underscore Beckett. Uh, Tom says, if I'm giving you great moments, I want to throw in Kurt Angle and his tremendous stuff with Stone Cold Steve Austin, both before and during the Alliance period in 2001, with special mention to Kurt Angle and the milk truck. That is still a moment, and we're about 20 years on this summer. That's still a moment WWF loyalists will remember. That was classic. It, it, it's incredible. That, that's the thing with Kurt Angle was he's one of the best in the ring to ever do it. Olympic gold medalist. He's a technician, but he just got the business. It's in his blood. Like He's so funny. He's so funny, Kurt Angle. One of my moments I did mention last week, but I could have is I'm just a sexy Kurt. If it builds WrestleMania 21, I will watch that all day. If that pops up my timeline, I will stop what I'm doing and I will watch that. He's just, he's he's always in your discussion for Mount Rushmore. When you go all-rounders, all-rounders in wrestling, he has to be in your discussion. He, he just got it, Kurt. He's incredible. Yeah, it, I mean, that 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 whole build to the Shawn Michaels feud, absolutely sensational. Uh, Ryan says, hello, gents, uh, here are mine. Who's your daddy, Montreal, from the Shawn Michaels promo in 2005? Yep, I, uh, that was one of mine. Uh, Occupy Raw, which I have to say wasn't one for me, but I, I remember it, and I think that was it. That was, and hey, we, we never criticize anyone else's choices, but Occupy Raw, that's the only one we haven't. Do you remember that, the whole occupying to get Daniel Bryan the title shot? I do remember it, and it's not one of my favourites either. And on that on that road to Brian at WrestleMania 30, that's not one of the ones that sticks out for me. But I could see why it would. It was something we haven't seen before. It was it was it was different, but it's not one that would stick out for me now. But that, that, that's the brilliant thing about wrestling. Everyone takes different things from it. There's there, if you if you watch a good wrestling show, there'll be something in it for you. I'm I, I'm sure of it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, who else do we have here from Ryan? Uh, uh, CM Punk's entrance. At Money in the Bank 2011, if if that counts, and yes, it does, because that entrance spine tingling. One of the classic conversations, isn't it? Of go back to if you could get a, you could travel back in time and get a ticket to a sporting moment, what would you choose? 
And for me, I always talk about my big one is 2005 Istanbul for Liverpool. But if I go back to a wrestling moment for purely for atmosphere, it'd probably be that night in Chicago. It's just, it was the perfect storm of story, of real life and storytelling blurring. We didn't know where the lines began and ended. And actually, 10 years later, you go back and watch it and that atmosphere still probably beats anything since. It's just, they are on fire in Chicago, on fire. And although we're not including matches and Yes, we critique AEW and we critique WWE. I will say WWE got everything about that match right. And the moment from CM Punk winning to Vince coming out to Alberto threatening the cash-in to Punk evading the cash-in to blowing Vince McMahon the kiss to leaving in the taxi, absolute perfection. WWE, when they're on, they're on. Imagine though, imagine what... So imagine that was happening now with how wrestling is now. And WWE do reference other companies now. Imagine if we didn't know that actually CM Punk had signed a new deal at that time. Imagine if he turned up in Impact. Imagine if he turned up in Ring of Honor. I know they're not at the moment, they're not recording. Imagine if he turned up in New Japan. God forbid he turned up on Wednesday night in AW with the WWE title in his hand. And we, we didn't know that he'd actually signed a new contract. Imagine if that would happen and... That was the one thing I think they missed like that in that um, storytelling was he was back in three weeks. They should have left that months with him popping up in other places. But WWE wasn't in a position at that time where they referenced other companies. They still spoke about, quote unquote, other places rather than saying TNA, Ring of Honor, etc. And they did it a little bit. I seem to remember, and this is going back a bit, he turned up at a Comic-Con, didn't he? Yes. He came through the back. And that again, because this was before everyone had a camera on their phone. Mm. So this was... You know, that was a great moment. Uh, we got to whiz through these. We've got so many. Uh, Ryan also says, Rock and Punk, the boxing with God promo. When And I agree with this. I love the bit where the Rock goes in 20 days, time's up, rock bottom. Still the worst booking decision to end a 434-day reign on a glorified elbow drop, but I'll overlook that for now. I mean, I will say that CM Punk, as much as I enjoyed the Rock against John Cena, I enjoyed that CM Punk rock feud so much more. I, I will still go back and watch that 20-minute segment of the two of them in the ring. Just glorious. Yeah, when he, when he says, you'll realise your arms are just too short to box with God, you're like, oh, that's just really, really good. It's two, two of the best in the mic doing two of their best work on the mic with each other. It's just, it's chef's kiss perfection, isn't it? Yeah, from that, we go to Sani who says, Mae Young giving birth to a hand after getting pregnant with Mark Henry. A storyline which was never explained. Um, wrestling. wrestling. How, can we, how can we in one conversation go from boxing with God to Mae Young giving birth to a hand? Re- wrestling. Yeah. I, I, I mean, would you want that explained? I mean, no, that is one no, of those ones you. where nope, you... Nope. I want to forget it happened. Leave it to one side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dark Angel, our friend, uh, professional wrestler, says uh, this from Chris Jericho. You just made the list. Anything with that is just a classic moment. That Someone has put together a big compilation on YouTube. And God love you if you're one of the people who makes YouTube compilations. Um, that, that is just Chris Jericho saying you just made the list to, I think, everyone he did it to. Fantastic. My, my favorite era of Jericho, that. My favorite era. I, I've watched that compilation a few times. Yeah. And just how he so incredibly made something out of nothing. That was a thing he said once, just off the cuff, he had a list that he made. And then he was like, I'll make a thing of this. And then the clipboard got jazzed up and the pen. And that, 
his whole thing with Kevin Owens and getting Tom Phillips' name wrong continuously. Those yes. three things together were just gold. And it was a real shame they didn't get that then they didn't finish that feud because then we got the Festival of Friendship, which was just outstanding. And that they didn't get to finish that feud, the main event match at WrestleMania, it probably deserved because Goldberg won the title. It, um, yeah, yeah, that, that was that, one of those. I'm sure, I'm sure at some point we will go back to missed opportunities in wrestling and that is one uh look so that's all of, of yours done thank you for those um i'll just throw in mine uh i, I had montreal promo from 2005 from Shawn michaels has to be there uh, stone cold steve austin and the rock duetting in boston absolutely sensational makes no sense as a build to a wrestling match but as pure entertainment i love it uh john moxley's AEW debut i've got down there because that to me i'd avoided spoilers and to just hear him come through the crowd and JR go, hey, hey, it's John Moxley. Amazing. Mm. And I'm also going to give you, I'm surprised no one's mentioned this. And actually, uh, I'll throw in one we've had as well. Uh, this is Ryan who said, um, no one's mentioned the Paul Heyman One Night Stand promo yet. That's got to be on there from 2005. That, that whole One Night Stand pay-per-view is, is based on that promo, isn't it? When he just goes at JBL. When he goes at JBL and tells him he's only champion because John Cena won't work Fridays or Thursdays, whatever day it is at that point. Yeah, that's Heyman just off the cuff, in his element, in his home, being worshipped, being absolute electric. I think I think One Night Stand doesn't get the credit it deserves because it birthed WWE CW, which wasn't very good. Yeah. I yeah. think because of that, we forget how great that One Night Stand pay-per-view was. And if you can go back and you can find a version the original version because they dub out on the network for rights reasons the, the the metallica entrance for sandman if you can find that amazing but here's my all-time number one moment and no one else has said it when the old stone cold steve austin returns to dismantle the alliance now this for me is is arguably the biggest pop ever and and I, I can't believe no one else has said it when when you've got jr and michael cole on commentary the Alliance have beaten down Team WWF and Austin's truck screeches into view backstage. Out he gets with a pool cue and just starts battering everyone, making his way through. And the crowd are watching it on the big screen and they can see Austin's in the building and they're waiting for that pop and then it hits. I don't think wrestling gets any better than that. No, you're right. And wrestling is about the pops, isn't it? And I think the fact that I hasn't mentioned is surprising. They... You get a good pop in wrestling for a surprise return. So you know, there's nothing better. I, I straight away go to WrestleMania 33 with the Hardys. Yep. When they, when the New Day introduced, that's that's the biggest pop I can remember watching live, and that was just glorious. And that whole thing, the way that was done as well, with they were assigning 50 minutes before across Orlando, like it was done in the modern day when secrets aren't kept as well. You don't get those surprise pops that often. So. That's the only one I think that rouses it, but that, that Stone Cold pop we're talking about is just, it's its beautiful to watch. And wrestling was at its hottest then, and Stone Cold was probably the hottest thing in wrestling's hottest era. There has never been arguably a bigger star than Stone Cold at that time. So that pop is just the absolute peak of his, of his popularity. And people will laugh at it, but I think you're right. I think there is something beautiful about a big pop and, and there's different kinds of pops and, and, I just think that I just think if you don't get wrestling, if you can't watch a moment like that and hear the rush of the crowd coming through, you're missing out. Uh, so this has been a good one. Do you have any suggestions for next week? 
Nothing off the top of my head. So if you do, fire away. Of course, of course I do. You're you're such a professional. This I come in. I start the show and go. Oh God, I haven't thought of anything. It was my turn. Um, thank God you're here. Unlike Triple H, there's always a Plan B. Uh, and I think Looking what we're going to do now. Hit yeah. The chair. <laughs> what we're always going to do is have a plan B. And I think what we should do is since we are coming towards the end of the year, I think we should go up towards the end of the year by looking at the moments of the year, the moments of 2021 in professional wrestling, because Lord knows we have got enough to see us through. So I would like top three mo- wrestling moments of the year. I will come round to the house and argue with anyone who says Vince McMahon and the egg. But apart from that, <laughs> absolutely any wrestling moment of the year, we want your top three, please, because it's like shooting fish in a barrel for this one, Charlie. Yeah, there is. We are spoilt for choice. So let's hear it. This is going to be fun going back because there will be things we've forgotten happened because so much has. Yeah. And there's also going to be things you will have to leave off the list because we will only take three. We will not take three and a half. We will not take four. We will not take three and then a little asterisk for a little subsidiary moment. It's three and three alone. Right. Let's send something from everyday life back to developmental. Let's give something the push. First or second for you this week, Charlie. I'll go first. I'm pretty, pretty quick on it this week. Go on. Um, Earning the push is the fact the Ashes are back tonight. (laughs) I am a big cricket fan and I will be... I'll be having some late nights over the next few weeks, watching, hopefully watching the English boys bring the urn back where it belongs. Um, but I love cricket. I'm a big one for sporting rivalries and it doesn't get much better than the Ashes, really. So I'm very excited for that. And going back to developmental is my phone has updated itself. I have the new iOS settings and I do not like them. I am not a fan. I didn't agree to my phone updating itself. It just went one night. I'm going to update myself. I didn't say yes to that. Um, don't enjoy that apple can I have the old iOS back please you are getting old my friend you are getting old did I see as well one of your tw- I wouldn't say it went viral but it got more love than I thought it would about getting a new green recycling bin mm, mm, that was exciting this week I, um, I was sort of expecting that to be your earning the push no, I, yes well it's just been a mad week um, as you can tell um, yeah I cut down a load of hedge in our garden two weeks ago and then I went oh we don't have a green waste bin I think our previous tenant not tenant previous owner of the house may have taken it with them I don't want to accuse them of it but we don't have one so I was like right well I'll just apply for a new one didn't realize it cost you 45 pounds in the borough of Cheltenham to get one so we got it and it's hilarious. I just opened my door one morning and bang, it was there outside my front door. There was no warning. I literally opened it. It was like I was being haunted by a brown bin. <laughs> so then I brought it around the back and I filled it up. And it, just, it was very exciting because then I kept looking at all this hedge in my garden being like, oh, it's annoying me that I can't put that anywhere. And then something I could. So it was very, very exciting. Day. And you know what? You'll probably edit the last 90 seconds of this podcast out because that's incredibly boring. When people say, what does Charlie bring to the podcast? We say his insight as an athlete, his passion and knowledge as a wrestling fan, and anecdotes that no man of his age should be providing because you're a man in your prime. And it's been slippers, bins, oven cleaners, and emails about poor customer service. I mean, that's what I'm here for, the boring Mm. bits. I've asked for some new slippers at Christmas as well, so get ready for that in January. Not even surprised. Uh, Right, okay. I'm going to do sort of two on a theme for Earning the Push and Back to Developmental. Earning the Push, mince pies. They're back and they're delicious. Mm. Back to Developmental, anyone who messes with classic mince pies. I do not want jasmine-flavoured mince pies. 
I do not want rose water. I do not want people to say it's a deconstructed mince pie with a bit of mince and a bit of pastry. I want a mince pie. I want it in a silver tin foil case. I want it from a plastic tub of six. That's what I want. Where? What's your favourite mince pie? We're not. Hey, we're not working for the BBC here, so you can name who your favourite mince pie is if you'd like to. Got to be Mr. Kipling, isn't it? So I would say yes, except have you ever had a Costco mince pie? I haven't. I don't even know if there's a... That must be a Costco in Cornwall. I haven't had one. If you know someone with a Costco card, borrow the Costco card. You're not meant to do that, but I'll make an exception. Get into Costco. They're mince pies, so they're big, first of all. They are big, and their top isn't soft, but it's not as crunchy as a normal mince pie. It's not as hard, but it's almost like a bit shortbready, and it is just delicious. How many do you get to a pack? You can get a huge pack of 12 if you want. You can get a huge pack. Like Costco do everything massive, don't they? Costco mince pies are the way to go. Excellent. Well, look, um, we'll sort of wrap this up because we're going long here. Usually I ask you a question to end. Today I'm not going to ask a question. I think we just both like to say thank you to the folks who've got in touch with us with the Spotify wrapped and said that we were their top podcast because it meant the world. It's made my week. Honestly, that made me smile so much. I showed my uh, better half. I was like, look at this. I was like, look at this with people's top podcast. I was like, people, listen. People actually listen to this nonsense. So no, honestly. I'm not sure they listen to the bit about mince pies and Costco. No, people have turned off by now. Um, There, that genuinely, genuinely made my week, made me smile. And it's just nice to know people enjoy what we do, but more importantly, enjoy wrestling as much as we do. So thank you very much. And honestly, my other favourite bits of the week is when you get in touch, when you when I see Jack talking to one of you and I get involved, because they come to you mainly is what I've realised. But no, come to me, I will chat to you. Because a lot of the time I just jump in your conversations with them. Yeah. So it genuinely makes me smile a lot whenever I get a tweet of someone about the show or about wrestling. And I will sometimes I'm not the quickest to because I'm busy, but I'll always, always reply, as will Jack. So just a massive thank you to everyone. It really it makes what we do on a Tuesday morning worth it. It really does. So thank you so much to all of you for doing it. You know your task for the next couple of weeks, your top three moments in wrestling. Good luck picking those uh, from the past 12 months. Charlie underscore Beckett. He doesn't bite. Get in touch at Jack underscore Merley on Twitter. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you like wrestling, do not be shy about it. It is the best thing going today to quote a certain black and white faction from the mid 90s. So get involved. We will see you next week. But until then, on behalf of Charlie and myself, thank you for listening. Bye-bye.